Hey guys, it's Emma and Shannon, and welcome back to our podcast, She's an Engineer. Thanks everyone for tuning in this week. In today's episode, we're going to talk about planning for long-term goals and five and ten year plans, and I'll kick it over to Emma to start going through strategic planning for how to create your long-term goals. Yeah, so first we're going to talk about just like the steps that you can use to help create your long-term goals and to think about like maybe your five-year plan or your 10-year plan. So the first thing you should do is brainstorm. So you want to start by thinking how you want your career to develop and what you need to do to get there. So you should probably self-reflect. Using something like a journal would probably help. So you need to identify your primary goal, your passions, how your existing skills contribute to these things, and your areas for improvement. So there are several questions you can ask yourself and you can like, you know, write these down. You can do it in your head, but I would consider, you know, writing it down also for like future use. Um, So you would think about what are you passionate about? What would you consider as your dream job? What background and skills do you already have? What can you improve on and what skills do you need to develop? What roles are you qualified for that you've never considered pursuing? What's one thing holding you back that you can act on right now? And so these can really help you dig a little bit deeper and help you uncover the goals that you really have for your career But you can also go to someone like a career advisor and take like an official assessment to help you better understand yourself and your values. And you can definitely find some of those online as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think I want to pause here and talk a little bit more about brainstorming just because I think this might be the hardest part of creating a long-term plan or Mm -hmm. setting your long-term goals because it's pretty intimidating and it takes a long time. Figuring out what you're passionate about, like that's really hard to do. Right. So I think like Emma said, writing it down. So when I was changing jobs last year, I started thinking more about my long-term professional goals along with my long-term personal goals where I wanted to be in the next few years. And I just wrote down everything that came to my mind about where I am now, what I enjoy doing at my current job. So a lot of these questions are applicable to your professional career. So determining what you like to do now based on your experience and also thinking about what you want to learn to what areas of growth do you really want to um, improve on. Or what particular topics do you want to get into, start studying topics or, or projects? So just write down as much as you can. Um, and eventually you can come back to it all once you kind of like brain dump everything down into a journal. And then you can kind of get to the next step of really figuring out more long-term goals set in stone. But first step is brainstorming and determining really what you want to get out of the next few years of your life um, for, mm-hmm. for your professional career. And then your, your personal life, that's a lot harder too. <laughs> so yeah. many unknown variables in that. I think we're kind of gearing this towards professional goals. So right. after that step, another thing you can consider is gathering feedback because we're not always the best judges of our own capabilities and strength. So it could be important early on to gather some feedback from 
either your mentors, supervisors at work, your peers, coworkers, or maybe friends that are in a similar industry. And they might help you discover career opportunities that you've never considered in yourself or clue you into strengths that you might be overlooking um, and share any insights for growth and development. That actually hits a chord with me because I've actually been thinking about this a lot recently. So if you go into consulting engineering, two main career paths you can go down are one, being a project manager, and two, being a technologist and being very detail-oriented, very technical, and kind of being a specialist on one particular technical topic. And you can you can definitely do both of these, but at some point you kind of have a preference being a project manager and managing projects or being very technical. And I, for the longest time, thought I was going to be pretty technical because that's just what I enjoyed the most. But I'm trying, or at least I've been trying to take on more project manager tasks, some deputy project manager tasks, and helping other more experienced project managers just to see if I like it. And I still don't know if it's necessarily for me, but a few days ago, a very experienced engineer at my office came over to my desk and he said he had a proposition for me and was asking for me to take on a pretty heavy like deputy project manager role for a a complex project with a lot of subcontractors and a lot of different moving pieces, a lot of different tasks. And it just it surprised me because I I don't know if I necessarily see project manager skills in myself. It's a little bit stressful for me to do some of it, but having like an experienced uh, coworker and mentor ask you to do a particular task because they might see something in you that you don't was actually really empowering and cool. So I'm going to give it a try. So I, I just think you should stay open to other people's opinions, especially mm-hmm. if you work with them because they know where your strengths are, but also stay true to yourself too. If you really want to go into a topic, take other people's feedback into consideration and let that weigh into your decision, but don't let that, you know, steer the train or, or steer your de- decision completely. Yeah. So a few questions when you're talking with people to help uncover their feedback with your goals include, you could ask them in order to grow my career, what behaviors or skills do you think I should develop? If you're in my position, what areas would you be focusing on? Another one is what's the one skill you'd recommend I get more experience in to get to the next level in my career? And I think that's a good one to ask some of your coworkers who might be a few years older than you just in the next stage of their career. And if you see yourself moving into a role similar to what they currently are in, I think it's good to ask what what skill sets, you know, what software, AutoCAD modeling software, etc., did they perfect to get in their position or something you should be focusing on? You can also ask if there's a skill you think is going to make a big difference for transitioning to your next role, if you're going to be promoted or moving to a different area of the industry, and just get other people's opinions on on how they got to their point in your career and then kind of edit, form your goals around some of this feedback or at least take it into consideration. Mm-hmm. 
And you've actually seen this like happen in your life too, right? Because in undergrad, I know you like really weren't considering grad school until senior year and that was because your professor talked to you about it. That's very true. Yes, that pretty much changed the trajectory of my five years post undergrad. Uh, About senior year, it was the fall of my senior year of college. And at that point, I was really just hoping to get a decent job coming out of Pitt. I knew it wouldn't be my dream job just yet, only having an undergrad degree. And I felt like I had a lot of things to work on and figure out where I wanted to go within civil engineering. And I had one professor who asked me to stay late after one of his classes. And he told me, you know, I really see something in you. I think you should consider grad school. And that one conversation really changed my professional career and ended up going to grad school at Montana. And now I'm working in industry. But I think about that often because he even considered eventually going for my Ph.D., So that's still in the back of my mind. It's like, he saw something in me, so I know I can do it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I think it's it's good to have support, but also it has to come from within. Make sure you're still passionate about it and it's going to aid where you see yourself going in your career. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And then the third thing that you should do is you should try to map out your goals and your planning and just like some of the information that you've collected. So this is after you've done the self-reflection and you've gathered feedback. So, you know, if you like writing on pen and paper, you can do post-it notes or in a journal. I do like post-it notes, but I find that easier for like short-term goals or just like things you want to cross off like a to-do list. I don't think post-it notes are very good for like long-term planning because they're lost easily and it's hard to keep track of them. So I wouldn't recommend that, but it's something that you can do if that's something that works for you or you can use a journal. You can also, you know, use a PowerPoint slide or like any type of spreadsheet or just like type it up on your computer like it doesn't have to be like a pen and paper journal it can be an online journal or like a word document even Mm -hmm. and you can use like several different structures so the first like type of question or the type of thing that you should be writing about so let's say like the first page of your journal maybe you'll want to outline your career goals so you can revisit your self-reflection around your passions and interests to solidify the types of work and roles that would appeal to you. So imagining your ideal scenario, your ideal place that you would work, what you would do at that workplace. So like, what would you do if you had no constraints of time and money? How would you spend your days and nights? What kind of impact would you make on the world? So this is where you're really like dreaming. This one isn't really too much about being like, super realistic. This is like, what would I do with my life if I could do anything? So be bold and ambitious and then just like let yourself dream, let yourself think about what are you really passionate about in life and write it all down. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's when you plan out bigger picture goals. Here's where I want to get to. And the next step is determining how do I get to that end point? So something you can do is list out all of the skill sets that you already have that will help you achieve that goal. 
and then determine the ones that you need to acquire to ultimately retreat, uh, achieve your career goals. You can refer back to your feedback here and see what other people have said about yourselves on your strengths and areas for improvement, and that could help identify specific items that you need to work on or specific skill sets that you need to gain. Mm-hmm. After that, you can write down the different development activities or skills you need to learn to pursue over the next five years. And like Emma mentioned, a good way to do this, uh, to track your progress on all these different goals is using a Gantt chart. And that helps you visualize the different steps that you need to take to get to that end goal. And the different development activities can be anything that helps you reach your goals or learn the skills that you need to move forward. So just for a few examples of development goals in your plan, these are more professionally geared. You could consider joining an association or professional organization. I think I've mentioned this before, but that has really changed my career. I'm a part of the Pacific Northwest Clean Water Association, and I've taken on a leadership role in the Stormwater Committee, and that's really helping me to achieve some of my other professional long-term goals. You can take different webinars or learning hours in your particular field of interest. If you are a little bit uncertain on the next stages in your career, you could consider a job shadowing, someone who is in a particular career field that you want to learn more about. You can always go back and take university classes to learn new skills. Mm -hmm. You can also read a bunch of books. I think mentorship is really important just to develop your professional career. And mentors can really come from anywhere. They can come from your job at that time. They can come from past jobs. I also have mentors with my professional organization both the the one I mentioned and also ASCE, the American Society of Civil Engineers. So making sure you have a few mentors just to bounce your your goals off of and, and see how much see what input they have too. You can be assigned to a project team and take on a more project management or supervisory role to gain more leadership skills. And then you can also consider cross-training. I think this is important, especially in engineering, not only to develop your technical skills, but to to also develop your soft skills, learning how to communicate with clients, learning how to convey thoughts to the public and give different presentations. And that will really ground you out as a really good engineer. So whatever version of Gantt chart, spreadsheet, journal, that you choose, it'll help you prioritize the next steps to reach your goal and and balance the professional and personal goals. And it also will discourage you from overcommitting or undercommitting as you grow to seek your capabilities. All right. So I totally agree with everything that was mentioned. I think all of those are really great suggestions. One thing that I will say about Gantt charts is make sure you put like a deadline for what you're doing so that's really what a gantt chart is for right you would have a Mm to-do list but there is like a deadline you can also do markers i think within that deadline so Mm -hmm. you can like have like stop points i believe as well so i think that's a really great way to definitely like track your progress and 
and see how you're doing and definitely keeping updated on your Gantt chart. And Gantt charts, I think, I believe are free to use online. So it's like a really great tool to use. Mm -hmm. And I do want to say that a lot of our tips here are for long-term planning and typically we consider that over a year because your annual goals are a little bit easier to track and we also have a podcast episode from last January on how to set smart goals. So what we're talking about today is over a year, a lot of this is like five or 10 year goals Mm -hmm. that you want to achieve. Yeah, this is more of like the big picture goals and how do you achieve like your bigger picture goals and less of like oh, I want to be able to run a 5K by the end of the year or something like that. That can Mm -hmm. be part of your long-term goals. So like, for example, your long-term goal could be like to run a marathon in five years and running a 5K could be the first start of that. So that's like something you could maybe use a Gantt chart for, you know, Mm -hmm. some sort of spreadsheet, but that's just an example. Yeah. And then I also agree with the cross training. So one of the best classes that I think really helped me in undergrad was actually not one of my engineering classes. And I think, Mm -hmm. Shannon, you might have taken this too. It was like writing, like written professional communication. And it was a really helpful class. Like we learned all about how do we write a memo? Like how do we write like proper emails? Like how do you build your resume and keep like iterating it? And like what kind of language should you use on your resume? So Mm -hmm. even post-grad, like you could, there are plenty of free classes as well online and like free things to access online. So you don't have to even necessarily take like a university class or go to a university. I mean, you could go to a community college or something and take a class or you could Mm -hmm. take an online class, but like even just accessing resources like that mm-hmm. is very helpful for you in the like the long term. Yes. And I I didn't end up taking that class, but I had many friends that did and they really enjoyed it. But yeah. it made me think of that one club or organization that people can join, Toastmasters, mm-hmm. which really helps with your public speaking, I've heard. So you can even look for like community groups too to help you get that cross training. Right. Yeah. Like the more experience you have in something, the better you're going to do. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. And then the last like step of this process is just like iterating. So Shannon and I were talking about this earlier, but you always need to be flexible. So, you know, your five-year plan now might not be your five-year plan in the future, but you can always go back and keep thinking about it and keep iterating. So like this is unlike a year-long goal, you know, your year-long goal is usually for one year your plans and your thoughts and your goals usually don't change within a year, but your process of creating your five-year, even your 10-year plan is like never just complete. You can't just like sit down one day like at the age of like 25 and say here's my plan for for by the time I'm 35 like that's not the way it works so it should be Mm -hmm. flexible enough to continually adjust throughout your career and so you can also keep your plan updated and remind yourself by setting like a quarterly calendar reminder so like maybe like each quarter so like you know q1 could be you know april 
would help you like address any new developments in your life or career and make changes where necessary. And even at that point, you could just reassess and say, hey, nothing's changed. Keep it the way it is. And that could also be a reminder to say, hey, like this is my time to like update my spreadsheet, update my Gantt chart, see like how I've been doing in terms of reaching whatever some of these goals are. So you can ask yourself a few questions to make sure you're on the right track. So you can ask yourself, is this the right pace for me? Am I too ambitious or aggressive with my timelines or do I need to speed things up? And that's fine as well. Like if you think, hey, like I won't be able to finish this within the time that I allotted for myself, that's fine. You can extend your goals, but you're just like reassessing to see is this working? You know, can I, can I adjust my timeline? So it's just like when you have like a running goal, like let's say like your goal within the year was to like run a 5k, but you're like easily able to do that by the summer or like any like weightlifting goal. Like you can definitely like speed it up based on like what your progress is like. Mm -hmm. So, and then what else have I learned that I can add to my skills and capabilities balance sheet? So you can continually add like skills. So let's say like you learn how to use like AutoCAD or something. You can add that to your balance sheet. Does your plan align with your current organization's objectives while still serving your long-term aspirations? So that's a question that you can also ask yourself. And then Mm -hmm. does your plan inspire you or give you more energy to keep learning? And that's kind of a question to ask yourself like, more of the big picture, like, are you still passionate about these things that you put into your long-term plan? Does your plan sap your energy or make you feel like it's not quite the right path? That's, like, kind of similar as the previous question. And then you should also continually factor in feedback from your mentors, your supervisors, your peers, whoever, like, you've been gaining feedback from or even additional people you want to gain feedback from that, you know, continually sharing your plan and asking them for feedback is always a good idea. So you can ask them if anything they think is like missing from the plan. Again, like, are there any other additional experiences or skills that they recommend? Are there even better ways of mastering a skill on their list, especially if they've like done it before you know if they've gained a specific skill like so just like Shannon said there's a group called the Toastmasters and let's say I didn't know about that then I could use that as maybe my experience instead of trying to look for like a university class and paying for it Mm -hmm. yes yeah and then you know asking them do you think I'll be able to accomplish these goals in a timely manner like what what about the timeline? Is it too aggressive or is it too slow? That's why I also like online journaling or like online list making or keeping those updatable because when you're writing it on a journal, I feel like it just gets really messy. It's hard to share with people. But, you know, if you really want feedback on your goals and your plans, making it like an easy to share, let's say like document might be easier. Mm -hmm for you to gain that feedback. Another thing is like, you could ask them, are there any other roles I should consider? You know, like Shannon just said, like, you know, her 
co-worker asked if she could do the assistant deputy manager position, right? And that's not something you really considered for yourself, but, you know, that's something that they recommended and you're going to try it. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think just to summarize these few tips here for long-term planning, Mm -hmm. I think it's really important not to stress yourself out too much about this. You know, uh, a lot is really dependent on your interests and that tends to change. But I think it's good to have direction in your professional life, like have at least one end goal or a few end goals that you want to get to and continue to, to keep learning. That's really important, at least for me throughout my entire life is even if it's not engineering related, just continually learn new things and, you know, always be improving your skills and having that, having that growth too. Yeah. I also think this podcast has been a really great way to like continue to learn and to continually keep ourselves updated on different topics. So, you know, maybe even doing a book club with your friends that might help with some of your long-term planning. You can Mm -hmm. even do like a long-term plan like party. Like people do like, what, what are those? The vision board parties. They like just sit together and they like have some wine or like eat dinner together and they like do their Mm -hmm. vision boards you could you could start by by doing something like this with your friends I feel like that's what this episode is for at least for me yeah it's helping me really create tangible long-term goals talk through them with someone else I think that's also important too like you can have all these goals in your mind but then you have to talk through them with someone else and see how realistic they are and um yeah I think it's just kind of part of life for the longest time I felt like when I was in college you know the goal was to graduate with my engineering degree and to get a job and ended up graduating but going to grad school and then I had a lot of goals throughout grad school but then once you start working it's really hard to determine okay what's next because you already got that like big person job that engineering job that you always dreamed of and now it's like what now and that's really why we made this episode because I feel like I'm in the same position too it's like okay what do I do now I just keep doing the same thing every day I need a little (laughs) bit of direction to help me help me keep growing yeah, I've also been thinking a lot about long-term goals because I'm reaching that point where, like, we're almost at the time, you know, to get letters from people and to really figure out what we're doing and to, mm-hmm. you know, like, start the application process, which is kind of scary, but Woo-hoo. fun. Exciting. Yeah. I think that wraps up this segment, and we're going to head over into coffee time. Hey guys, so welcome back to Coffee Time. I know we haven't done one of these in a while, but grab your coffee, your tea, your kombucha. I have an Olipop ginger ale, and I think Shannon has a kombucha as well. Yes, I have a citrus immune boost kombucha today. Yeah. it's flu season. (laughs) (laughs) Protect yourself. Yes. I need that. 
Okay. And today we're just going to be discussing, you know, our own long-term goals and answer a couple questions that will help us explain to you our process for going through our long-term goals. Yes. And to get started, I think I'm going to ask Emma to talk a little bit about relevant aspirations in her professional life that she wants to achieve. Yeah. So at this point in my medical school career, so for medical school, I will say it's really hard to, I think like it's hard to get out of the school mindset where you're like your whole thing is like, go, go, go. Like you don't really have long-term goals. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to get to the end of school and get to like where you need to be. But at this point, we're going to start applying and applications mean that we're going to find out where we're going to be for maybe the next three, four, five, six years. So mm-hmm. that's pretty, that's a pretty long, long time. So figuring yes. out like where I want to be for the next like four years after medical school. So I definitely have figured out that I want to go into OBGYN. So I did that through different experiences, right? Mm -hmm. So like coming into medical school, I was like, I like addiction. I like internal medicine. I want to help people. I mean, I still want to help people, but just in different ways. And I wasn't exactly sure, like, but I kept an open mind And I went through third year, my third year of medical school, like with a pretty open mind, being open to all the different possibilities and figuring out like what I wanted to do. And so after doing different electives, because I chose electives based on what I was interested in and like things that I was interested between. So like I was interested in addiction and psych, but then also interested in OBGYN. So I did different electives and I kind of figured out that I'm pretty interested in OBGYN. I'm not sure exactly what I'm interested in within OBGYN, but things that I would consider would be like reproductive endocrinology and fertility, even like maternal fetal medicine. So that's like taking care of like high risk pregnancies. But then also urogynecology, which is like pretty different from all of those. So that one's like definitely more surgical and you're dealing with a very different patient population. You're not really dealing with pregnant women. You're more dealing with women and gynecologic issues and pelvic organ Mm -hmm. prolapse, which actually I've always been interested in for some reason, (laughs) even in college. Like I even like one night, I think I like made a poster and tried to like, like, I was sober. I made yeah, I made a poster <laughs> and I was sober and I distributed this poster Pass. on a college campus, which is so strange, <laughs> but now it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I really thought about like in my life, what have I been interested in? What really interests me in school and also just I thought about like what what part of medical school and what topics I really could grasp. So like even in medical school, you know, any sort of medical career, most medical careers, you need to have like a good knowledge of, you know, medicine as a whole, like all of the topics, but like which topic like particularly interested me, which was easier for me to understand. So those were obviously, for me, those were like 
psychology topics or psychiatry topics, as well as like the OBGYN topics. You know, that could be also because I'm a female and, you know, makes it a little bit Mm -hmm. easier to understand. But yeah, that's basically my thoughts for right now. I also want to stay in the Northeast. I was about to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. I pretty much, I know it is so sad, but I think like here in the Northeast, I'm not saying that elsewhere in the country, you couldn't get good training, but Mm -hmm. I think I have really enjoyed the training that I get here and like the diverse patient population. I know that if I like went to like a different place, like maybe like more Southern or even like not saying that, like, you can't get diverse patient populations, but here, like, is, like, a very diverse patient population. You have, like, really big cities and, mm-hmm. like, lots of immigrants. And it, like, also has really helped me because I've gotten more exposure to Spanish. Like, the more exposure I have, the more I've been able to, like, understand without even having the translator, like, say it first. So mm-hmm. that's just that experience sense. that I, like, want to gain for for my future so I think it's like useful to have that's really well planned out (laughs) I did want to ask so those I think we're all focused around professional goals are there any personal goals that you have over the next five or ten years or is that still working on it because I I feel you (laughs) (laughs) it's still up in the air like Mm -hmm. so something that I've thought about is I'm definitely a person that wants to have children one day but Mm -hmm. Those goals aren't necessarily, like, set in place. Like, I know that I want to have children someday, but I just don't know at what time period. I've actually thought Mm -hmm. about it with my friends from medical school because, like, you know, residency is a hard time. And I don't know if having children in residency is, like, the best time to have kids because you're never around and you're really busy and you don't have a lot of money and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just tough, right? But... Like, the older you get, the, like, you know, the worse your fertility is and the quality of your eggs go down and the number of your eggs go down. And this sucks to, like, have to think about something like this because it makes you kind of freak out inside of your head. But don't worry. It's, like, very normal if you do want to have mm-hmm. children, right? This is for people who want to have children. So I kind mm-hmm. of thought about it. Definitely not the first few years of residency, but I'd say, like nearing the end of residency, perhaps, maybe in fellowship, wherever I end up. You know, a lot of my friends have talked about having children not in the first year of residency, but like maybe the second year of residency. And I don't know if that's something that I would necessarily be ready for. Mm -hmm. But maybe a little bit down the line, like, by the time I'm like, 30 or 31. I think that's like, reasonable I think so yeah obviously like I would still want to be living in the area and probably could get some help if I lived in the area but I haven't really thought I mean I've thought about it but I haven't thought too deeply about it because like you never know especially with med school and residency exactly where you're gonna end up and exactly what the culture of like the place you're at is going to be like if they're like friendly to 
you know, moms or pregnant women, which they should be an OBGYN, you know, but at yeah. some places, you know, that it's not very friendly to like having children's in residency. I probably shouldn't put this out into the universe because, you know, maybe interviewers are listening to this, but I doubt it. But it's just like a fact, you know, it's a fact yeah. that you have to deal with. And even like the field that I picked is like, you know, it's good for having children because people in OBGYN understand. I've definitely seen lots of residents have children and they've been able to manage it. And especially when they have, you know, dedicated partners who are willing to, you know, help out a lot and to put in a lot of work when they know that their partner's, you know, schedule is so busy. But mm-hmm. there are definitely other specialties where it's much more difficult. So, you know, that is also a factor when you're choosing your specialty. So just think about it. Like, what lifestyle do you want as well when you're choosing your specialty? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. <laughs> that was a long one. So That's okay. How about you? What are your aspirations <laughs> professionally? I don't know if I can go after you after all of that, <laughs> but professional aspirations. So the biggest one that's been on my mind for the past three years, so it's like a moving goal because it's going to be coming up this year, but it's taking my professional engineering exam and I've been studying for the past four Woo-hoo. months and I think I'm going to study for a few more months and then book it and then I'll get my experience needed to become a professional engineer this summer, I think late July, early August, so then I can finally get my stamp to stamp drawings. And that's really the biggest career goal I have right now, even though it's not as long-term anymore, because that will really take me up to the next level of my career. Along with that, a few things I mentioned before, but I want to continue to really grow some of my project management skills, even though I don't know if that's the path I want to go down. I think it's really good to know not only the technicals and calculations behind engineering, but financially, how to budget things. I've been learning that. So learning how to create a budget for projects, how to write a scope of work to narrow down in what exactly this project is going to be doing. And it also has been helping me with my professional communication skills, talking with clients and having a lot of coordination tasks too. So I think just continuing to further my project management skills And then to counter that, I really want to get more into green stormwater infrastructure design, which is a pretty niche area of civil and environmental engineering. I've been working on tons of design projects since I started my new job. I've just learned so much and I've only been there, I think, seven months now. I just want to continue like specializing in that area just doing more creative stormwater design is what I really want to do because it's just cool to be creative in engineering and come up with interesting solutions for clients in most of the time urban areas too. So it's like green roofs or fun brain gardens, green streets where you incorporated different stormwater solutions with a redesigned street. So continuing that, I also want to do wetland design which I've been getting into treated wetlands they're installing a big treated wetlands project here in Boise and I think it's going to take 
I don't know how long it's going to take to design a year or, or so. Something I'm learning too is with design projects, a lot of the time they're multi-year projects for the big ones. So you can be on a project and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to be working on this for the next few years, which is a crazy timeline. It's something new to me. So continuing to, to work on those design skills is important to me. I think a few years down the line, I want to consider going back for my PhD. And this is kind of twofold. I really want to continue studying environmental engineering, but I think a key piece of that is mentoring. And I want to become a mentor to other young engineers in the office. We're getting an intern this upcoming summer. And I think I, I want to make it a goal to really help mentor her and help her adjust to the engineering field and answer any questions and, and be there for a young female engineer. So working on my mentoring skills and then eventually considering to get my PhD. And then the last piece is just something I think might change in the long term that concerns both my professional and personal world is maybe moving in the next few years. I was going to really ask. Like Boise. Yeah, I really like Boise. I think it's a good city to start your career if you're in civil engineering because there's a lot of opportunities. But I miss Montana a little bit. I miss smaller cities, even though Boise is pretty small. I And I miss snow too. We get a decent amount of snow in Boise. But you, a lot of time you have to go up to the mountain to get it. We don't get too much in the valley itself, like in the downtown area. And I miss having really cold and snowy winters. So it might be, might be staying out in the Mountain West or who knows where. Really open to, to moving. But that is going to take a lot of key pieces on if my company has an office there, if I can do remote work, or if that time I want to do my PhD. So that's just a, okay. that's an evolving goal. I don't think I have an end to that goal. It's just something I want to think about as I continue down my career. I think you've even been thinking about that, even like when you were still in grad school, right? Mm -hmm. Because yes, I, I remember, yeah, like when you came to visit me in like Maryland, you were like, would I live here? Like, no. <laughs> so these are things you were thinking about. <laughs> Yes, I was thinking about it, but then my last semester of grad school was pretty hard. It was 2021, so it was kind mm -hmm. of like a year into the pandemic, and yeah. I feel like I just needed to take some time off, and it's been a great opportunity learning industry. I think it's super valuable if I ever go back to becoming a professor, having this experience to share with students is just like a key thing. I, I remember all my professors at Pitt, the ones that had real world experience, just were way more interesting. And like, th they can make all of the mm -hmm. topics very applicable. You could see yourself doing this or like have a real world, world example. Um, so yeah. yeah, and I'm making probably more money than I would in grad school. That's like another big considered consideration financially if you go back to get your PhD. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Like, all of my professors that had been in industry were definitely, like, a lot more useful in terms of, like, the information that mm -hmm. they taught. But, 
Yeah, I think all of those were really great goals. I don't know what you were talking about. You were like, <laughs> I can't go after you, but you have lots of good goals. And there, some of them are long term, some of them are a little bit shorter term, and some of them mm-hmm. you're reaching. So you can kind of like cross that off and like move on to the next thing, which is I think is really great. But mm-hmm. yeah, can't wait to see see you finish your PE. That's really exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other personal goals besides, you know, potentially thinking about moving in the next few years? Hmm. I want to get a cat. Oh, exciting. (laughs) That's been on my list for a while. But I, yeah, I really want a little like fuzzy, fluffy friend, like a long haired cat. So that's a smaller goal. Um, besides that, I don't have any very long-term goals. I have some very specific climbing goals that I want to climb, like, particular level routes. And I want to start, this is more of a New Year's resolution, but going to yoga weekly or at least every other week because a big part of that is wanting to just very, live a, a slow life or living intentionally I've been getting into that theory of thought, like slow living and just reducing my stress quite a bit and being very intentional with things that I'm doing, purchases I'm making and and all of that jazz. Yeah, I think that's a good mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Next question. I think I'm going to bounce off of this one a little bit. Yeah. So for all of the goals that you talked about, do you have any sort of outline or chart or any tracking system to, to help you achieve those? I don't have a tracking system right now, but after mm-hmm. we finish this episode, mm-hmm. I definitely want to make something because I, I make a to-do list for like literally everything else, right? Like anything mm-hmm. I'm doing for my organizations, like I need to make a list to make sure I don't like forget anything, anything, you know, I'm doing for school, like I need to make a list, but you know, for my own personal goals, I just have them in my head, obviously, and I keep thinking about them. But I think doing the things that we talked about before we did coffee time and making mm-hmm. a Gantt chart or making a spreadsheet or PowerPoint, however, you know, I choose to do it. I love Gantt charts, so I'll probably do that. But is is a good way of, of tracking my goals, I think. And, you know, I do have like, things that I'm thinking about in order to achieve my goals. Like I want to write down by this time, I should ask these people to hopefully write me a letter of recommendation. You know, I've looked through the elective book and these are the electives that I, that I want to take to explore more of my interests within OBGYN or even in other areas of medicine that are like less talked about like we just added sorry this is off topic but we just added like a correctional medicine elective to our book like our list of electives that we can take it's like but it's like for fourth years only so I want to like make that part of my goal to like take that elective just because I Mm -hmm. like think that's like a very interesting topic and like if I don't do that in the future when else would I get experience that's true yeah yeah Yeah. And then, you know, creating a timeline for when do I want to. So these are more like short term goals, I think, for me. But these are things that will like help me achieve my long term goal. 
like like creating timelines for like when I want to finish my personal statement and how I want to do my interviews and sitting down and figuring out what places I want to apply to those kinds of things and then if I'm doing any away rotation so we can do away rotations at places that we're also interested in and we can apply to do those like while I'm there like keeping track of what are the things I like about these programs what are the things I don't like about these programs Mm -hmm. and then just as like life goes on like even making a chart to track like like how are my interests developing and just making like pros and cons lists I think would be helpful for me to like figure out what exactly I want to do after even like after residency is over So, like, what fellowship I want to go into and keeping track of, like, what what skills have I attained? Like, how confident do I feel in these skills? Like, let's say, like, by, you know, second year of residency, I want to be completely confident in doing a Doppler or doing an ultrasound, something like that. Like, putting that even, like, on my goals, I think that's, like, more of a, obviously, that's a long-term thing, but, like before residency like figuring that out I think is like also a good idea and like tracking my progress and seeing like what skills do I have left that I like want to achieve so yeah yeah how about you like do you have an outline and outline plan in place or like have you made any sort of spreadsheet or any plan in place for like achieving your goals I think I'm in a similar place to you where I currently don't have anything, at least an outline for my long-term goals, but for more short-term goals, I do. And that's like through my work, I have annual goals. And I think I I used to have two-year goals too, written down for work and then details on what skill sets that I need to complete to get there and make, making sure they're tangible. So right now I just have short-term goals to help me get to the long, long-term goals, but this conversation has motivated me to at least start brainstorming and writing down those more five, 10 year goals and figuring out how to get there. Mm-hmm. And then I think we're going to end on talking about a few achievements or anything that we've been proud of over the past few years that has helped us get to where we are now. Yeah, I'm definitely proud of myself for getting into medical school and then, you know, getting through my first two years of medical school and passing my step one exam. That's definitely an achievement that I can be proud of, I think. And Mm -hmm. it's like helping me reach my final goal of like working in the medical field, obviously. And then I also, I recently had a paper published in Nature Communications oh, from congrats. thanks from my post back. I'm obviously not first author, but it's from the research lab that I worked in on my post back. And even though that was in like addiction medicine, it did like kind of like spark my an interest in addiction. And even though that's not something that I necessarily want to make my primary like primary I think, like, field of medicine in the future, it's definitely something that I can also work on while I'm working in OBGYN, like, maybe women who are um, using substances 
like, and need help with it in pregnancy. So Mm -hmm. I'm still, like, interested in some of the aspects of that, just not, like, the full thing just doing that, if that makes sense. So that, I think, definitely helps. And, you know, any kind of publications also help for residency interviews and the match and just applications in general. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. What about you? I know, I feel like you've achieved a lot. (laughs) Thank you. So have you. I'll start off by saying that my birthday is upcoming. So recently I've been doing a lot of reflecting on my life the past 10 years, my life the past five years. So I'll just focus on five years ago. It's crazy to think that I graduated University of Pittsburgh in 2019. That was five years ago already. Oh my gosh. So... (laughs) In those past five years, I made the big move across the country, and I think that was pretty bold of me to do, not knowing anyone in Montana and just moving out there for grad school. So I'm proud of myself for doing that. I am proud of myself for graduating grad school, even though the past, I mean, the last few months of grad school were a little bit tough. I made it through, and I had a really cool professional project slash thesis that I got to work on. And made so many valuable connections there too. A lot of mentors that I still keep in touch with. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, some students that I now are now are my coworkers. One of one of the students I TA'd, I now work with him. Um, oh, that's and, so exciting! Yes. And then after that, I worked my first two years at a consulting company, and I was the field coordinator for stormwater sampling. And that was a big toll on me. I learned a lot about myself during that time and got pretty burnt out. But I think the skills that I learned really shaped my career after that. And funny enough, things come back around and now I'm supporting that project, but more in an office non-field work type role, which is fun. I'm able to teach people and share my knowledge with everyone. So proud of myself for making it through that project and now setting boundaries too on, yes, I'll do that, but no, I don't want to do that for my own work-life balance and um, yeah, making those choices. And then now working really on all the projects that I've wanted to be working on for many years and continuing to expand my skill set and evolve as a person. Yeah, all very Mm -hmm. exciting things. And I think that's it for our episode. So I think so. I just want to mention that make sure that you're reflecting on your achievements and feeling proud about everything you've accomplished too. And share them with your friends and your family. Because I think that like when you sometimes when you look at your own achievements yourself, it's like hard to see them as like, oh, I've really achieved something. But when you share them, like you know, your friends and your family can also Mm -hmm. help you celebrate your achievements as well. So, yeah. Anyway, so we hope you enjoyed this episode and say happy birthday to Shannon. (laughs) We're kind of unfortunately reaching our late 20s. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if we want to say that. (laughs) That's fine. I think... (laughs) It's fun being able to still have your youth, but having more money to be able to do things. Uh, I think it's a good time in life. I'm enjoying it. I'm glad. Mm -hmm. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the episode and we'll see you guys in two weeks. 
Bye. Bye.